Hey, Cornerstone, how you guys doing? Hey, can we thank God for the band this morning leading us in worship? Thank you guys for singing along in worship with us, and just been a powerful morning. And um, my name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have a privilege this morning of kicking off a new series uh, called "Pardon the Interruption" that we're doing. And and I don't know about you, but I, for one, am not a fan of interruptions whatsoever. Anybody like interruptions in life? You like distractions and detours? There's a few of us, gluttons for punishment. But uh, I'm not one of those, and I don't know about you, but there, there's a lot of distractions this time of year. And um, maybe, maybe one of them we could talk about is, is traffic. Anybody a fan of traffic? Anybody experiencing traffic these days? For some reason in the East Valley, I think the... the Managers of the streets came together and said, what if we did road construction on every major road at the same time? That'll really complicate things. Um, if you're a road manager and you're in here, I'm sorry, just kidding, it's a joke. But, but there's those kind of distractions that we face in life and we're frustrated by in life. Because, if you're like me, we like to have a plan. We like things to go our way. And anything that disrupts our plan, anything that, that says halt to the direction that we think we want to go in, it's typically not received very well. But I've been doing something and reading through uh, the Christmas stories found in the Bible this year. Um, and person after person in these stories face interruptions. And I think the reality is God wants to teach us something, and God wants to tell us that, that we have these expectations that we're supposed to go through life smoothly and, and just be able to sort of glide along. And when an interruption comes, it's almost as if we're surprised, like, oh, how did that happen? But the reality is interruptions are just a part of life. And very often, God places interruptions in the middle of our paths to get our attention, to wake us up. Sometimes the greatest clarity in life comes after an interruption that God brings into our life. Sometimes in the busyness of just going and doing, having to just pause helps us to regain a perspective that we so easily can lose. Very often, God brings interruptions into our lives as invitations to join him in his great work. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at the story of Mary. But, but just as you're turning there, let me start setting a couple of things up. There's, there's in the Bible this balance, this battle, if you will, of our plans and God's plans. And there's different verses that refer to this. For instance, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans... In a man's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That there's this thing of we have plans and that's okay. It's good to have plans. God isn't against us planning. But we have plans. The question is are we holding them tightly or holding them loosely? Because God also has purposes. And the reality is any time that there's a battle between my plans and God's purposes, guess who's going to lose? God's purposes will prevail. Um, another proverb that says this, 2024 says, a man's steps or a woman's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? 
that God is actually in the business of directing or ordaining or establishing our lives step by step by step. And God does that. And I love the the second part of this proverb that says, how then can anyone understand their own way? So if you're here today and you're like, I don't really know where my life's going, you're in good company. As long as you trust that God's the one ordering your steps. If you're here today and you're like, I don't know how this works out. I can't see the end of this journey that I'm, I'm going through right now. That's okay. You don't have to understand. It's not even, in fact, God's greatest plan for you to know. It's for you to trust step by step by step. And so then there's this thing of our plans and God's plans going. And what happens when the plans that we've established are interrupted by God? The life of Mary serves as an example for us to look at to this and to say, how was it that she navigated this? How was it that she understood that she had plans and she had established some ideas of how she thought her life was going to turn out, but it just didn't turn out that way? Many of us are, are so familiar with the story of Mary that we almost miss some of the, the deeper truths that are going on. So, so before I read, let's, let's at least get the background. Um, scholars think that Mary was probably about 13 years old. Anybody know a 13-year-old girl right now? Try to picture a 13-year-old girl or, or think through what are, what are some of the things that, that go on in the life of a 13-year-old girl? So most 13-year-old girls I know, um, they haven't quite figured out life yet. Now, they think they figured out life yet, but, but they're still figuring it out, and that's okay. It's a work in progress. Um, many 13-year-old girls, they're, they're, they're still trying to be comfortable in their own skin, trying to figure out who they've been created to be. A lot of 13-year-old girls um, are opinionated, especially when it comes to their parents, because they're 13. They know better than their parents. They've already figured it out. Now, now, think about Mary being sort of similar to that, but, but even more complicated, Mary also is recently engaged. 13 years old and she's engaged. Complicated a little bit more. She didn't fall in love with this guy. She didn't meet this man and like, oh, it's the man of my dreams in all of my 13 years. I've never met someone like you. <laughs> she didn't even know the guy. She's in the culture of arranged marriages. So her mom and her dad arranged this marriage. So she's just hoping that mom has more say-so than dad because you know how dads are. We probably have bad, bad taste. We would pick the wrong guy. But, but the daughter's just like, I hope my mom and dad pick the right guy. She feels like, in my opinion, her life is probably out of control. She's got all these things, these decisions that are being made for her, and she doesn't have a say-so necessarily. Her parents are just deciding her life's already been interrupted. But now she's engaged to this man, and in that period, engagement meant she's, she's living in her parents' home, and, and they're doing dowries and that kind of thing, and they're waiting for the day that the, the wedding will take place, the marriage will be consummated. But, but in the middle of this waiting, Luke chapter 1, an angel comes to Mary. Verse thir- 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So the the angel comes to to Mary and and, and she's like, Okay, um, there's something going on here. Mary, you who have been highly favored of God. 
strange greeting, probably catches her off guard. Uh, but the angel is trying to, to establish something. He's saying, you've been highly favored. You've been chosen. God has chosen you for a plan. God is, is wanting to do something great in your life. It's not that, that God has chosen her based off of her ability or some performance or she prays a lot or anything like that. This has nothing to do with her. God is the one who chose She's highly favored. It's like, it's like you win the lottery, but you ever, never even bought the ticket. Or Publisher's Clearinghouse knocks on your door, and you never even bought the magazine subscription to get there. Whatever. It's even greater than that. It's God saying, I've chosen you. I've chosen you, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. And God, in his grace, has chosen her. And he says, you're highly favored. And then he says something very interesting. He says, the Lord is with you. Now, we don't even get the details of the interruption at this point. I believe the angel is preparing Mary for what's going to come. He's preparing her heart and getting her ready for this interruption and the details of that. And he's saying, before I even give you those details, I need you to know something. Before you even hear what this interruption is like, it's, it's not really an interruption, it's an invitation, but you need to understand this. Mary, the Lord is with you. Often in Scripture, before God gives someone a, a, divi a divine assignment, an appointment, before he comes and interrupts their life, this phrase is used, the Lord is with you. There's a great example in Judges chapter 6, and there's a, a, a young guy named Gideon. And Gideon is in this, this village where there's lots of uh, villages around, and there are lots of families around, and lots of noble and prestigious families, but his is like the smallest, most insignificant family around town. And within his family, he is the smallest, most insignificant member. He, he's like a nobody among nobodies in the mid, middle, middle of his family, in the middle of his village. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, we read, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, Who are you talking to? Mighty warriors? Just me. And the angel says, No, 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 no. You're not mighty because of your strength. You're mighty because God is with you and he's chosen you. The Lord is with you. And then he gives them this assignment. He says, this is what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to go, not in your strength, but in mine. I want you to lead this army, not because you're a great leader, but because I will help you lead and I will be with you. And maybe today you're sitting here and your plans for life have been interrupted. And you want to be focused on that, but maybe God would just want you to hear, hey, in the middle of your disruptions, the Lord is with you. Maybe your heart's been broken. A relationship has just ended. And you're just not quite sure what to do because you're feeling all alone and abandoned. And God would just want you to hear this morning, the Lord is with you. And if the Lord is with us, what can life bring to us that we are not able to handle in his strength? If the Lord is with us, the Bible assures us he will not fail. He will not forsake us. The Lord is with you. Look in verse 29 and you'll see this interruption has come and, and you'll see how Mary begins to respond. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor 
with God. So Mary's troubled. This word means she's agitated. She's trying to figure out who is this guy? What is he doing? What does all of this mean? I just don't understand it. So she's very troubled. And she's wondering what kind of greeting it is. She's still hung up on that. What does it mean, highly favored? God's showing me grace. What does all that mean? And the angel preemptively gives her this word of encouragement. Knowing that she's probably going to become fearful really quick, he says, I need you to understand something, Mary. Do not be afraid. Again, he's still not told her the details of the interruption. He's preparing her. Mary, do not, do not be afraid. You don't have to fear. He says, because you have found favor with God. And what he does here is he's saying, preparing her to say, there's this interruption that's coming, but, but you've, you've got to understand it's not simply an interruption. It's actually a divine invitation from God. It's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity that God is offering you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So he says, do not be afraid. And then in verse 31, he tells her why she doesn't have to be afraid. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, most of us, we, we're so familiar with this story that we almost lose the shock of what's going on here. But here is, remember, a 13-year-old girl. And the angel comes to her and says, Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Surprise! And she's like, what? what? And immediately her heart could turn to fear. She has a reason to be afraid. I mean... Contrary to popular belief and contrary to shows like Touched by an Angel, that they encounter Angel and they're like, Oh, an angel, how are you doing? It's so good to see you. And they're, it's this weird thing. Biblical angels, when they are encountered, it's not one of those, Oh, how are you doing moments. It's one of those fall down and, Ah! You see this happening in the, the Christmas story with the shepherds. The shepherds are out in their field and, and an angel appears and it says, They were terrified. Because this is a holy moment. It's not just your buddy showed up. It's an angel of God has been sent to you. And so she's afraid. But I think she's also probably afraid because her life seems out of control. Her plans are interrupted. And for most of us, when life is out of control, when we're not sure the future and the direction that our lives are taking, before we look up, we very often look down. Before we step out in faith, we often react in fear. And Mary's afraid, and, and probably for good reason right now, but the angel comes along and assures her, do not be afraid, and gives her specifics about this baby that is going to be born to her. And here's the thing we can't miss. In the description of this baby is also the description of why she should not be afraid. He's telling her, this is the baby that's going to be born to you. But the, the description of who that baby is, is the exact reason she should not fear. There's a few little um, clues that he gives to this baby. I won't go over all of them, but, but the angel comes and he says, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be a boy. You don't have to worry about a sonogram. I've got that covered. It's going to be a boy. And give him the name Jesus. Don't worry about a baby name book. Give him the name Jesus. 
meaning Savior, Deliverer. There's a popular Christian song from a few years ago that, that talks about this child that she's going to deliver will soon deliver her. That this baby that she's going to deliver is her greatest hope in life because he's Jesus. It says that this baby that you deliver is going to be great. This baby is going to be the son of God. It says something interesting that this baby is going to inherit or, or, or be a part of the, the throne of David. And what that means is this baby is the fulfillment of thousands of years of expectation that the Jews had. He is the long-awaited Messiah. And so he says he will sit on his throne of his father David. He's in this lineage of King David. And it's an interesting image because a lot of the times this year, we're only thinking about Jesus, a little baby in a manger. And, and that's okay because that's really how Jesus came. But, but then there's other images, and around Easter, we begin to think about Jesus crucified on a cross. And that's a great image to think about and to remember that he was a sacrifice for our sins. And then there's an image that, that we think about and celebrate at Easter as well of an empty tomb and Jesus walking out resurrected and conquering death. And, and that's a good image. But, but then there's this image that's being talked about, that he will have the throne. And we could fast forward to the book of Revelation and see that there's the description of Jesus at the right hand of the Father, sitting on a throne, ruling and reigning for all of eternity. And there's this image of Jesus, a conquering king with a crown on his head, with eyes of blazing fire, with a robe that's been dipped in blood, and on the robe and on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So the angel was saying, Mary, the, your life is going to be interrupted, but, but you've got to understand, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. It's not just an interruption. It is an invitation to join God in his activity. It's not just an obstacle in your life. This is the opportunity of a lifetime to partner with God in his great work. But it's also a reminder to Mary to say, hey, Mary, this whole story, it's not about you. You're not the leading lady. You're not the star of this show. Jesus is. And it's something that all of us need to hear because it's so easy for us to be consumed about ourselves. It's so easy for us to be focused on ourselves. But, but the reminder to come back to say, well, we are not the star of our lives. We're not the leading man or the leading lady. Jesus has called us as followers of him so that he is the leading man in our life. So Mary has this interruption in her life and she has this revelation from God and she has to figure out is she going to choose to live in fear at the unknown and at this outlandish claim that the angel is making or will she respond in faith by trusting God and believing him and accepting exactly what he says. I don't know what kind of interruptions you've had in life. I don't know what kind of things have happened to you and which ways God would try to get your attention. But all I know is this. God works in that way very often in our lives. And in every one of those moments of interruption, we have a choice whether we'll trust Him and follow after Him, knowing that He is loving and He is gracious no matter what, or throw our hands up in frustration. 
over 17 months ago, um, I had just been on staff here at Cornerstone for a short time, and we had been planning to do a multi-site. And some of you had signed up to be a part of that. We had about 100 of us who were going to leave here and go plan another campus in, in, in Scottsdale. And it was going to be Cornerstone Scottsdale, one church in two locations. And, and just FYI, we don't have a multi-site yet. I'm still here. 17 months ago, they were, we were up in front of this group and we were saying, Hey guys, uh, we're so excited about this. If you want to join, join. And everything was going in that direction. Well, in the middle of a bad economy, we just had to say, This is not the right time. So June 28, 2009, we stood up before the church and we said, we've been talking about multi-site, we've been planning multi-site, we were ready, but now we need to push pause. And can I be honest and just say, I was frustrated. I'm thinking, God, we just, we just came on staff here to do this. God, what are you doing? I mean, I, I thought this was the path and I was walking this path. I, I thought it was fairly clear that you called us and told us to come do this, God. Do you know what you're doing, God? Have you dropped the ball? Where's the money? I'm trying to figure out, God, what's going on? It doesn't make sense. Well, that was Sunday, June 28th. Monday, June 29th, when we got the news that my daughter was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Everything made sense. My delay was only a day. It was short. But I was stepping out in faith, thinking God was leading us to do this. And the door just slammed in our face. Nope, we're not doing multi-site now. There was an interruption, and I had to figure out exactly how was I going to deal with that. And the very next day, God revealed why that door was shut so tightly. And can I just tell you, God takes care of his own. And if you're at a place in life where you're facing one of those interruptions and, and you're at that situation where there's an obstacle that's in your life and, and it's been there for a long time and, and you just don't know what to do and you're at the point where you're, you're just frustrated and you're tired and you're almost ready to say, forget it, God, whatever. I'm, I'm sick of dealing with this. Remember the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. And the words the angel spoke to Mary are just as true, just as needed for us today. Do not be afraid. Trust that God is in control. So now we wonder, how is Mary going to respond? And we find out in verse 34 how Mary will respond. She looks at the angel and she says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? How's this going to be? God, don't, or angel, don't you know how things work? She's not asking a question doubting, saying, God, you're, you're ridiculous. You don't make sense. None of, this, none of this makes sense. She's asking a legitimate question of clarification. And she's saying, I just want to know, how's this going to be? How does this work? It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. And, and I'm sure she had tons and tons of questions. Trying to just get clarity. God, we're all like that sometimes. We, we have questions and we just want to know if, if things just made sense. Maybe then it would be easier to follow God. And, and God says, well, then it wouldn't be faith. You have to have faith to walk. And so she asked this simple question. 
And the angel answers in verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Go to verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary's asking, how's this going to happen? I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And the angel says, it's, it's going to be a work of God. Because anything God calls us to do, God provides the means for us to do. He's not calling us to do things and say, hey, figure it out on your own. Hope it goes well. When he calls us, when he invites us, he also empowers us. So the angel instructs her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and, and all of this is going to happen because God's going to do it. And he says, for nothing is impossible with God. But, but I bet Mary's sitting there saying, God, this isn't possible. I mean, virgins don't do this. God, this isn't possible. All of us would probably agree. God, this, this just doesn't happen. God, this is impossible. I mean, virgins don't have babies. I mean, maybe on Jerry Springer, occasionally there's shows about virgins. Who have, but, but we don't believe him. It's all fake. So, God, this is impossible. God says, well, yeah, with, with people, with you. This is impossible, but with, with God, all things are possible. It's like some of you may be here today and you're like, my marriage is over. It's impossible to get back together. Huh, really? What about with God? All things are possible. My finances are so jacked up. There's no hope. What about with God? All things are possible. Maybe you're here and you're like, I've been praying for this person. I've been praying that God would get a hold of them for so long. It's impossible. Hmm. Not with God. Maybe you've been fighting a secret struggle, an addiction or something like that, and you failed and you failed and you failed and you say, it's impossible. I can't beat it. But with God, all things are possible. The angel comes back and says, Mary, yes, this task is tough. And yes, it's even impossible on your own. But God's going to do this work in you. So how will Mary respond? How would we respond? If God's calling us to do something that doesn't make sense, how will we respond if, if God interrupts our plans that we've made and we thought they were pretty good plans? But there's a roadblock in our agenda. How do we respond? Look at Mary's response in verse 38. Very simply, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said, then the angel left her. Mary says, God, I'm your servant. And she surrenders to say, God, I believe that you know better than I do. And you know what's best for me. The Bible tells us that. That God has a plan for our life. It's a, it's a plan for good and not for evil. For every single one of us, God has a plan. 
And it's a plan to give us hope, a plan to give us a future. God has that plan for every one of us. And it doesn't always come in the package that, that we desire. It doesn't always look appealing from the outside. Mary's comes with its share of complications for sure. But still she surrenders and says, God, I am your servant. May it be to me according to your word. God, whatever you say, whatever you want, I trust you. That you won't fail me. You won't let me down. So what's the interruption you may be facing right now? Today, is there anybody here that needs to hear deep in their soul the Spirit of God speak? The Lord is with you. Whatever you're going through, the Lord is with you. Don't give up. Don't back down. The Lord is with you. Maybe somebody needs to hear, do not fear. You've got stress and you've got worry and you've got concerns assaulting you. But today you need to be reminded, do not fear. Because God is with you and God's inviting you right now in the middle of your interruption, in the middle of the difficulties, God is inviting you to trust him, to see him perform what only he can do. Because guess what? He can still do the impossible. He can still work in ways that, that are beyond our understanding and, and accomplish things that are beyond even what we can ask or imagine for ourselves. Maybe today you need to just sort of step back and say, God, I've been looking at this interruption. I've been looking at these plans that have gone wrong as a curse. But today I'm going to step back and I actually see them as a blessing. Some of you, that it's not the case yet, and, and you're just sort of going through life and things are going pretty well, but can I just tell you, there is going to become a time where God allows an interruption to come into your life. And there's no time like now to prepare for when that interruption comes, to prepare and to say, God, whenever it comes, I'm not going to fight, I'm not going to fear, I'm going to trust you. And ahead of time, I'm already going to prepare myself to remember and to walk in the truth that you direct my steps, that you are with me, that I don't have to fear because you can do the impossible. And maybe that's you. But there's some of you today who you're really up for a challenge. And this is resonating with your heart. And, and you don't just want to go through life and respond to, to what happens. You want to be proactive. And you want to say, God, I am, I'm asking boldly. I'm declaring today, interrupt me. You're willing today to say, I want whatever God wants because I know what he wants best. So I'm going to pray, God, interrupt my plans. I give you full permission to do whatever you want to do with my life. And, and maybe it's, it's just small little things, like you're sitting in traffic, you're, you're at a standstill. So that's a good time to remember the truths of God's scriptures that say, be still and know that I'm God. So you're like, this traffic, it's a disruption, but I'm going to use it as a minute to just praise. Or, or I'm standing in line and I'm so frustrated with Christmas lines and Christmas shoppings and I'm frustrated because I really don't even like this person I'm buying this gift for, but you're stuck in line. And maybe God would say, you're not in line just to buy that present. There's actually somebody maybe in front of you or somebody behind you. They just need to be encouraged today. 
And that's your divine moment of the day. And you're saying, I'm willing to be interrupted, God. On a small level, but then also some of you are willing to possibly today to say, my life is yours, God. Not, my, not just my trip to the shopping mall, my life is yours. And like Mary, you just say, I'm your servant. Whatever you want, God, have your way in me. Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning that sometimes your interruptions are the greatest invitations of our life. Sometimes the obstacles we face in our lives are simply opportunities to be a part of your magnificent work. God, I pray that we'll never limit you by our thinking, limit you by our own plans, and miss the greater purposes that you have. But God, today I pray for the man or the woman who's here today and they're struggling, God. And they just need to hear you say, I'm with you. I've not left you. I've not forsaken you. I've not abandoned you on your own. I'm here with you. Or for the person who's here today and fear has gripped their soul and Stress is running wild, wrecking their life. That today that they would be able to hear you say and receive deep in their heart, do not be afraid. Nothing is impossible. And God, I do pray that men and women today in this place would make a declaration. They would boldly declare, God, interrupt me. Have your way in my life. God, that this would be a, a Christmas season like nothing we've ever experienced where we're not caught only living for ourselves but where we realize we're not the star of the show. We're not the leading characters in our own life. It, our lives are for you, God. They're about you and for your glory. And, and God, you have plans that are far better than anything we can create on our own, God. And they're plans to, to know you and to live a life that is, is full of love and joy and grace in this world, to, to be a blessing to others. And so, God, today, maybe, just maybe, there's a few of us who would say, God, interrupt my life. Have your way. And we will today have a defining moment that redirects the course of our lives. Speak to us, God. Have your way, I pray. In Jesus' name.